This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Partly sunny and windy today, high near 32. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of snow showers with a low around 23. Mostly cloudy Saturday with a chance of snow showers, high near 31. Sunday will be a slight chance of rain and snow showers with a high near 37. The city of Binghamton could start cracking down on people who illegally operate dirt bikes and all-terrain vehicles on neighborhood streets. Mayor Jerry Cram on Thursday said he's proposing a law to impose fines up to $1,000 for those who drive off-road vehicles on Binghamton streets. In a news release, Cram said city residents have voiced their frustrations with the excessive noise and public safety concerns caused by the illegal use of such vehicles. The mayor said the legislation he plans to send to city council would increase the consequences for people who break the law. The proposal would allow police to impound illegally operated off-road vehicles. An owner could be charged a $2,000 redemption fee along with towing and storage charges to get a vehicle back. All-terrain vehicles, dirt bikes, dune buggies and go-karts are prohibited on city streets. Graham said the proposed law will be submitted for consideration at a city council work session on February 26th. February 13th, Binghamton Police Department received a 911 call reporting a man being held hostage inside of an apartment at 30 Edwards Street. Upon arrival, patrols, uh, the subject said the, they said the subject was reported to being held hostage, exited the building and reported the suspect was still inside, armed with a handgun. Patrols contained the building and started an effort to evacuate anyone inside. The Metro SWAT team was called to the scene to assist due to the male being inside the apartment with a handgun. While efforts were being made to evacuate the building, the suspect exited the rear of the apartment and was taken into custody without incident. As a result of the search, Warren investigators located a loaded Taurus brand 38 Special Revolver, two high-capacity handgun magazines, handgun ammunition, and items used for weighing and packaging and cutting narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Keno Downey was arrested for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, menacing in the second degree, criminal possession of a firearm, and criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. Downey was also wanted in the state of Pennsylvania for two extraditable warrants. In other news, theft from vehicles has become an issue recently at Hudson Eagle Park in Binghamton. According to the Broome County Sheriff's Office and Broome County Security, a series of what they describe as smash and grab has been occurring at the Broome County Park. As many as eight break-ins have occurred during daylight hours between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. from vehicles owned by Hudson Eagle Park visitors over several recent weeks. Vehicles have been reported with smashed windows and personal items taken, including wallets and purses, along with other valuable items that are visible to a thief. 
from County Sheriff's Office notes that detectives are investigating larcenies where valuables were stolen at the park and thieves utilizing ID along with other items found to withdraw thousands of dollars from the victim's bank's bank accounts. While Broome County Security patrols outside Ingle Park regularly during the off-season months due to the increase in thefts, their presence will be increasing. According to the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, a woman is facing a criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree charge following a disabled vehicle investigation. On February 20th, 2023, deputies observed a vehicle with its hazard lights flashing in Route 17 in the town of Hancock. During the course of the investigation, drugs and drug paraphernalia were recovered. On August 10th of 2023, a sealed indictment warrant was issued for Jennifer Williams for criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree intent to sell. On February 7th of this year, Fallsburg Police Department located Williams and took her into custody. Delaware County Sheriff deputies were contacted about her being apprehended and transported her back to the Delaware County where she was held in the Delaware County Correctional Facility without bail. And New York State lawyers said in closing arguments that a civil trial claiming a former National Rifle Association executive wildly misspent millions of dollars on private flights and other lavish perks that the group and its ex-CEO were caught with their hands in the cookie jar. Assistant Turn Attorney General Monica Connell said Thursday the NRA was doing everything it could to deny and deflect the accusations of questionable spending. A lawyer for former NRA chief executive Wayne LaPierre dismissed the case as a witch hunt at the civil trial in Manhattan. And an NRA lawyer argued as the case was set to go to a jury that it could not be held accountable for its former CEO's actions. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Friday, February 16th. 607-772-1290 is your Binghamton number. <laughs> Binghamton number now. Binghamton now number 607-772-1290. Feel free to call and express yourself. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? How are you doing, pal? Beverly, I am doing yeah. well. How are things in the town of Dickinson? Oh, they're pretty good. Uh, did you find out about the, about the milkshake? No. No, I haven't found there, out anything. There, what, 
they're they're charging surcharge on ice cream if you get a, a dinner. I don't know why they would do that. It seems like it would be. I don't know, Bob, but but I, you know, I'm disgusted with the place because I went in there for years, and um, when when Doug Lantner left, why everything changed, and this is their third owner now. Well, I wonder why she keeps. Why why is she changing things? Why doesn't she keep it the same? I ain't. I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say her name. No, don't. don't. No, don't say her name. No, I but won't do that. My, Bob, I my question, and I don't even know her really. So my question, though, and this is just generically, why why would she make any changes? Because to me, there is something so sacred about the Shamrock Shake. I mean, Shamrock Shake goes back decades. And Americans, oh God, yeah, Americans love the Shamrock Shakes. Oh yeah, they're good. They're not just good; you they're know, great. They went to Old Rico and they didn't charge us that. A guy said to, I said to my friend, he said, "You guys want, you guys want another one?" He said, "It's on the house." <laughs> really? That's at Old Rico. Yeah, yep. Well, then I'm gonna and go. That was at Arby's. I'm gonna go to the nice, one. Though. He was an older man. I'm going to stay maybe in the 60s. He says, where are you guys from? I said, we're from Binghamton. He says, oh, come on up again. Now, according to the Wikipedia entry, it says Shamrock Shake is mint flavored. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Somebody said they took the mint out and then it was just regular, like a regular vanilla shake with no mint. No, the ones in a wiggle are real good. Are real good. They had mint on them. All right, chocolate mint. Well, are they the best? Oh yeah. All right. Well, do you know when they started the Shamrock Shake? Do you know what year they started it? Oh God, I don't know. I'm going to say 1920s. That's close. It was 1970. Oh. So they've yeah. had the Shamrock Shake. And according to Wikipedia, it was created by Rogers Merchandising in Chicago. Oh, wow. And guess what the original so, flavor was for the first Shamrock Shake? Yeah, those mint can- those mint mint candies, they were good. The right. guy said, uh, he said, come back. He said, come back again and I'll be in the house. Hmm. Okay, well, that's good. He's nice. The... Um, the original Shamrock Shake was not mint. Guess what the flavor was? Uh, peppermint. It was lemon lime. Oh, huh. According to Wikipedia. Wow. So, Shamrock Shake. That sounds like yeah, a dance, but- doesn't it? Yeah. Like the it peppermint, sure remember the, it, it reminds me of the peppermint twist. They had a, a dance, I think it was peppermint oh, twist. Yeah, I and then I remember just, that. They could do that, peppermint twist, and then they could do shamrock shake. I think it would be nice. Yeah, well, uh, I just wondered if you found out about no. it. But, but uh, if you get the, if you get the shamrock shake, with a, de- with a meal, 
you got to pay the surcharge. All right. Well, we're going to look into it, okay, at some point. And if our listeners know, our listeners may actually know the inside story. Yeah, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna get it from McDonald's, that's for sure. <laughs> it's probably- yeah, Bob, there was there's a third owner. Uh Lantner had it and then two other ones had it. So actually this is the second the second owner. Right. The, the one the first owner backed out, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a tough business. Well, yeah, it is. It's very competitive, and the thing I know about fast food is everybody complains about it. Either they complain about how orders sometimes get mixed up, or they complain about prices. Somebody is always complaining. I'll tell you the best place to eat is Wendy's. Do they still have that Baconator? They have like a they had a sandwich, and it was filled with bacon. I can't remember, Bob. I know that they're, I know they're advertised on TV. Yeah, I think so it was, uh, it seems like it was something that was invented by the American Heart Association. Oh. They had a Baconator, and I think they, I don't know if they put, what do they put in, like 12 or 14 slices of bacon? I don't oh know. I, I think on the prototype, they used a lot of bacon, and then somebody from, uh, the cardiac care center said, you know, you would do well to cut back on the bacon because of liability issues. Oh, yeah. Mm. I miss the spot restaurant. I go up past there occasionally, and I miss it. Well, does it look like it's going to reopen? I don't think so, Bob. Oh, dear. I doubt it. All we right. got for sale stuff up there. Okay, have a good day. You too. Thank you. It's 917. This is Bob Joseph. The all-new dance craze, The Shamrock Shake, starring Taylor Swift. It's probably what they're going to do in Joe Biden's campaign commercials. All the rage. The Shamrock Shake, starring Taylor Swift, encouraging young Americans to vote for Scranton Joe. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. First news thing on News Radio It's going to be one of those programs. Joe and Awego, good morning. Good morning. It sounds like my early drinking days, but we don't go into those. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what happens in Binghamton stays in Binghamton. What's on your mind? This all happened in Tioga County, but we don't go any further than that. Um, in the hopes of being able to communicate constructively, I'm looking at an article 
printed by the American Immigration Council in analysis of the Senate border bill. The reason I bring this up is on Joe Scarborough two days ago, he he was raging against the Republicans because they destroyed an attempt to blah, 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 blah. And yesterday morning at 11.30, someone came on and said, yes, they destroyed this potentially first, you know, deal. Uh, If we all are looking at the same source of information, and this seems to be fairly valid, then we can all talk about positive aspects, negative aspects, and make it a constructive uh, conversation. And I, I give this to you and to the caller at 1130 yesterday and say, let's all use this as a basis for identifying positive aspects, negative aspects, and so forth. Just an attempt to make things constructive, positive, and eliminate a whole lot of wasted time. All right. Sounds like an idea. Um, Thank you, Joe. American American Immigration Council. All right. That is the, the website. All right. Thanks and keep, much, keep an eye yeah. on that big strawberry there so it doesn't blow into the river. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a ways away from Okay. That. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, bye. Mm, bye. They have a big strawberry in a Uyghur. I don't know. It's, I think it's put there by the big strawberry cartel. The American Strawberry Association. In conjunction with their local, state, and national partners. Encourages all Americans to eat more strawberries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's only four months till the strawberry festival. I can't wait. I can't wait. Strawberry festival in a we go with the fireworks, the pageantry, and of course, the crowds, the coolest crowds in America's most colorful village. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, Let's take a look at WNBF.com, one of America's best websites, in my personal opinion. First, the Felix Roma Bakery property sold, as many people expected, sold to the National Pipe and Plastics Organization. More pipes, more plastics, more PVC. Three-acre Endicott site where the Felix Roma and Sons Bakery had operated for several decades has a new owner. Of course, the entire process since last May has been shrouded in secrecy. The owner of Felix Roma and Sons Bakery never explained why. The place was shut down, but it was shut down. Uh, I believe there were about 25 people working for Felix Roma and Sons Bakery at the time. Then it was closed. The final loaf of Italian bread was baked there in late May of last year. I miss it. I miss it. I miss the steak rolls and the submarine rolls and the onion rolls. But most of all... I miss the Italian bread. But 
can always get other bread. Not real good Italian bread like Felix Roma had. Well, okay. You can always go to Jimmy Roma on Nanticoke Avenue. I liked them both. I was a big fan of both uh, Felix Roma and Jimmy Roma. Unfortunately, Jimmy Roma Bakery is still there on Nanticoke. Anyway, the property on South Page Avenue has just been sold for over $1 million to National Pipe and Plastics. Uh, you may recall when the company first moved into West Endicott, they were not welcomed with open arms. A decade ago, some West Endicott residents put up a fight to keep National Pipe and Plastics out of their neighborhood. As you can see, that fight proved to be unsuccessful. So now there are tons and tons and tons of colorful PVC pipes piling up. Amazing. It must be one of the biggest collections of PVC pipes in the world. And there they are. Let's <laughs> sell tours. It's a tourist attraction. Take a look at our PVC pipes and look at the colors. So anyway, National Pipe and Plastics, a CRH company, by the way. So they're not, it's not a U.S. company anymore. It's called National Pipe and Plastics, but they have foreign owners now. The foreign-owned National Pipe and Plastics Company. So now they have purchased the Felix Roma and Son property just across the tracks on South Page Avenue. What are they going to do with that? Are they going to reopen the bakery? I hope, personally, this is just my personal hope, that they'll reopen the bakery and sell Irish bread, Irish soda bread, and Italian bread, and Canadian bread. All sorts of breads from around the world at the new West Endicott Bakery. Wouldn't that be great? So, yes, we, we will always have our memories of the Felix Roman and Sons Bakery. I mean, my memories not only include the beautiful bread, but the beautiful and delicious pizzas. Sometimes we would get half a sheet. Sometimes, if we were really hungry, we would get a full sheet at Felix Roma. Memories. I can't take away our memories. 607-772-1290. Anyway, take a look at that story, along with uh, pictures and the illustrations that you've come to expect at WNBF.com. It's Friday morning. This is Bob Joseph. Uh, show filled with surprises, I imagine, because it's Friday. Stay tuned. Let's see what's next. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the WNBF app.
9.30, WNBF Live. This is Bob Joseph at the controls. I'm in charge here for now. Wind advisory is in effect until noon, so be sure to hold on to your wigs and keys. Or anything else that could blow away. Wind advisory in effect for the Binghamton District. West winds 25 to 35 miles an hour. Some gust up to 50 miles an hour. Gusty winds could blow around unsecured objects. Tree limbs could be blown down and a few power outages may result. The highest winds are expected through mid-morning. So now is the time when all good people pay attention to the wind. According to the National Weather Service, use extra caution when driving, especially if operating a high-profile vehicle and secure outdoor objects if they haven't already blown away. So here is the forecast. Partly sunny and breezy today, high 34. Cloudy tonight with snow showers, low 23. Snow accumulation less than an inch. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, snow showers likely early in the day, high 31. And the outlook for Sunday, mostly cloudy, some rain and snow showers, and a high of 37. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 30 at News Radio, WNBF. Oh, that's minus one Celsius for the Celsius crowd. <laughs> well, we don't like Celsius. It's part of a plot. Power outages. NYSEG has reported about 1,100 customers without power in upstate New York. Uh, only one, though, in Broome County at the moment. One in Broome County, and that is in the town of Lyle. None in Tioga County. Uh, 70 in Shenango County. And 574 in Delaware County, including... Middletown, Hancock, Andes, and Roxbury. It's 9.33, WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Bustle. Hello, Bob. Oh, hi. Hi. Hey. Have you noticed... I don't know if you saw the news or not. Uh, I know you don't have time to absorb everything, but did you see who just spent $400 million to, to dabble in the radio business? Um, what's the kid's name? Jimmy, Jimmy Trump. Jimmy <laughs> Trump, the, uh, the, the, the secret son. Of the former guy, Jimmy Trump. Yeah, he's far from a kid, Bob. Uh, oh, then, um, what's his name? Uh, Wayne Gretzky, the hockey great Wayne Gretzky. Odyssey, Bob. Have you ever heard of him? The group? Who? Radio. Far left George Soros is spending four hundred million to buy about forty percent of the debt of Odyssey. Which could get <laughs> uh, he's gonna Soros is gonna buy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm sorry. Is the mic on? <laughs> I can't. Say, you know. I mean, that's a company that. Uh, I mean, it's not. 
it's not our uh, company. Our company is called Town Square Media. So our company, our company is not anywhere near like that company. That that company, Odyssey. <laughs> now here's the thing. Here's the odd thing. And and by the way, thank you for calling it to my attention. Because I have sure. mysteriously, I mean, I try to pay attention to what's going on in my industry. I can't believe, says this was actually in the New York Post yesterday, and I missed it. And uh, Odyssey, I will say this about Odyssey. They have 220 stations about, and two of their stations in New York City are two of my favorite stations. They're all news stations. Uh, WCBS 880 and 1010 wins. They're great news stations, but they've been facing challenges. And I think it was just over two years ago, Odyssey, because they needed to cut costs, they combined their newsrooms. They used to have two competing newsrooms and different sets of anchors and reporters for each station. Well, that's all changed because they they needed to take steps to uh, reduce their costs because they do have uh, a high debt. But you're you're pointing out that uh, this George Soros fund uh, may take control of the second largest chain of radio stations in the country, Odyssey. I, I had no idea. 40%. He's buying about 40% of the debt. Well, why doesn't he? I mean, I'm not, I can't talk if there were negotiations between me and George Soros. I certainly couldn't talk about anything until it was finalized, but say, why doesn't he buy? I don't know, like WNB. <laughs> Can you imagine George Soros? <laughs> you know, mysteriously, you know, our our company. I can't remember how many stations Town Square Media has, but our our company, I think, has more than two hundred stations at last count. So, what if George Soros just decides? You know, I've listened to that kid on Binghamton now, and I I like him. I like him, so I think. What I'm going to do is buy WNBF. Can you imagine? There'd be there'd be dancing in the streets. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, Bob, you know, cons conspiracy uh, theorists are already beginning. The, the reading I've been doing, uh, that you're saying this is a frightening prospect for conservatives. Uh, one insider close to the situation noting that he was a Republican, said he believed it was possible Soros was buying the stake to exert influence on public right, opinion in the months right. leading up to the presidential election. Mm -hmm. The source. I like mm -hmm. I like what the source said. She said, this is scary. It's like, <laughs> why? How could this possibly be scary? What is she afraid of? No, well, you, you tell me. Why, why on earth would it be scary that George Soros may acquire... Or it's not even him. It's his the Soros Fund Management. That's not George Soros. That's a that's a um, a management fund that apparently bought up four hundred million dollars of debt in Odyssey. That's not scary. That that could potentially be good. It could could save the uh, the radio stations that that may have been in danger of of being. Uh, exposed to further cutbacks or maybe even being shut down. This, aside from it's hardly scary. This is uh, this shows, in my opinion, that somebody who is they they claim he's a billionaire, but I've noticed a lot of billionaires make that claim, and it can't be substantiated. A person who claims to be a billionaire has bought up this debt, and it probably is good. It probably will save American jobs. 
Well, it could hurt us too, Bob, because look, when he invests in things, look, he, he invested in uh, <laughs> DAs across the country. Has that helped us a lot? Not too much. Invested in DAs. Which, which DA did he invest in? Has he invested in any DAs here in the Southern Tier? No, but I said many across the country. Well, who? Who did he invest in? Oh my gosh! Look at the guy! Look at the guy out in uh, L.A. There, that Gascon. They they want to hang him out there. Even the Democrats don't want him anymore. They don't want that guy in anymore. Bob, that guy's worthless, and it hurts the people, and it hurts our country. And there's other DAs that he invested in that backed all around the country, Bob. So that has hurt us. I see no evidence that anything that George Soros has ever done has hurt anybody. Okay. George Soros hasn't hurt anyone. He's just a, he's just a, a business person like many business people, and apparently he's been very successful. You would think, you would think that conservatives would embrace that, a businessman who has been very successful. That sounds like a conservative dream to me. We Just Disagreed by Dave Mason. Good song, Bob. Right. But, you know, again, George Soros himself has done nothing wrong. It's not like he's committed a crime. Unlike some people who've been indicted, you know, some people are being indicted so fast it makes your head spin. Well, he, he puts his money where his mouth is. And, he, and I commend him for it, as he should. So does the former guy. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of America. You put your money where your mouth is. If you have that kind of money, use it, but use it wisely. It's 941. More calls coming up on a Friday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. is making you lonely you can always go downtown when you've got worries all the noise and the hurry seems to help i know downtown just listen to the Joseph in the center of downtown Binghamton. Join me. I love the downtown sound. All right, let's go back to the phones. John in Binghamton, good morning. That song was uh, written and arranged by the great Tony Hatch, uh, an underrated uh, arranger. A lot of clever stuff in his records. It's just a beautiful song, and hard to believe that song is 60 years old. Do you know how that song came about? No. He went, he went looking uh, uh, for songs, which all the English producers did, to the Brill Building. You know, that was uh, Barry Mann and Carole King. 
and all the great writers, and he made a trip uh, to hear some songs, and he couldn't find anything, so he uh, said, well, i got to write one myself. <laughs> well, I'm looking at that now, yeah. it's uh, That was his first visit to New York City. According to the Wikipedia entry, he spent three days in New York City in search of material from music publishers for the artists he was producing. He said, I was staying at a hotel on Central Park, wandered down to Broadway and Times Square, and naively, I thought I was downtown. I love the whole atmosphere there, and the music came to me very, very quickly. Oh, well, now I know the rest of the story. He said, uh, standing on the corner of 48th Street, waiting for the traffic lights to change, looking towards Times Square, when the melody first came to me, just as the neon signs went on. Yeah. I love that, it. That's when uh, music was dynamic. If you notice now, music is just people singing over to tracks. Well, and a lot, and of, a lot of people I know point out with uh, current music... For example, say what you might see on the New Year's Eve pre presentation now with Dick Clark, almost all the music has no hook. It's like, yeah. what? what is this? There's nothing. I have a good friend who is a big music lover, and he loves all types of music. But one of the things he frequently is pointing out with current music, he said, this stuff has no hook, and five or ten years from now, nobody is going to remember that. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it leaves a, a lot to be desired. It's uh, well, in one way, I, I guess there's no reason to have an interest in music anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know what's what, what's interesting, Bob is, and this applies to, to to greatness and everything. There are these five year periods, six seven year periods, where there is a lot of competition in an art, and. Uh, and and the the competition is, the bar is set so high that other people come in. I mean, whether it was jazz in the '60s or uh, race horsing with uh, Secretariat Aladar and affirmed all in a spectacular bid, a bid all in a Seattle Slough, all in a thing boxing uh, with Ali. Uh, you you know, it's amazing how the talent is confined uh, to a, 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 a certain time period. But anyway. Uh, you know, you mentioned district attorney. Uh, our district attorney, I guess, is in Florida. And, uh, you know, he ran a five-year campaign over two elections, uh, you know, talking about how things were going to change. And he was going to hire great attorneys. He was going to go around and recruit attorneys. He's got a skeleton crew over there. Jerry Mullen is running things. Uh, this... Uh, you know, I, I think he hoodwinked the public. Uh, you know, he's an energetic, uh, male ingenue uh, type character who uh, who hoodwinked the public into thinking he was some sort of hard worker. Uh, and this is against the background of Fannie Willis. I mean, the guy's on the job for six weeks. Now, this corresponds, Bob, to an unprecedented crime spike in another uh overdose spike in Broome County. Now, if this was under Korchak, you'd never hear the end of it from Akshar and Batisti. But Batisti's in Florida enjoying himself, working on his tan, and Akshar can't get it together uh, to stop uh, Austin Engel Park smashing grabs. So these guys, what I'm saying is this, these guys came on with a lot of swagger and, and, and know-it-all uh, stuff. And they're not any better or maybe substantially worse than the guys 
that they replaced. I mean, they're 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 salesmen. Uh, get, just getting back to Soros for a second, you know, there is a connection to Soros from Broome County, the the first deputy county executive, Stuart Paprin, went on to find fame and fortune with George Soros. I think he he still has a connection on the foundation, but so maybe. Uh, well, then maybe maybe well Stuart Paprin could uh, call um, the attention of George Soros to uh, a Binghamton talk show host, and who knows? Who knows? We might we might have. Uh, I wouldn't say a new owner, but maybe he could become a partner with well, uh, with our with our company, and together we could move forward with increasing vigor as we prepare for our one hundredth anniversary. Well, the Binghamton, uh, the, the upstate congressional races uh, are a huge windfall to those that own broadcast franchises, uh, you know, the way the districts are configured and then reconfigured. And I would say that uh, Langworthy's district being uh, stretched out to Tioga County uh, now makes that uh, uh, franchise uh, even more uh, lucrative, the broadcast franchises. so uh, Stay tuned. Uh, it, it, I, I was looking at that map yesterday, and I, I said, I, apart from, apart from how uh, certain incumbents might stand to benefit from that proposed map, I thought to myself, well, some broadcast interest. I mean, radio certainly, but especially TV. They're going to love this. This means more, a huge influx of campaign cash into uh, some upstate New York TV stations. So they'll be in a. I bet they'll be in a hiring mood because of well, all the all the additional campaign cash that'll be coming in from the congressional candidates. Yeah, and you know, I never talk I hardly ever talk about national politics, but and I'm a Trump guy all the way, but I'll tell you something. I have a terrible foreboding uh about what's to come and uh because uh, American politics are going the way of Mexican politics. The PRI, the PRI, as it was called, uh, had an 80-year run there, and I think we're going that way. And as much as I'd like to see Trump pull it off, uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, that's that's my my. If if I had to bet today, I wouldn't bet on Trump, even though I love the guy and I I hope he wins, but. Uh, it's uh, it's just too corrupt. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Appreciate your call. And let's see. One more call before we uh, wrap up this segment. DJ in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob, and all of Greater Binghamton. I want to put in my two cents or my two million dollars, depending on how much it's worth to the listeners and the viewer. So I heard about the Atenango uh, Park break-in. So here's what I found out. Best Buy has this camera that you put on your uh, rearview mirror, and some of them are solar-powered. So during the day, it's powering, obviously. That's what solar power means. And Al Gore did not invent that, but anyway. Um, and it's about $200. You can get a more expensive one if you want it. And it catches everything around your car, everything around your car, or, or truck, or crossover, whatever you're driving. So... That's what people can do because, you know, I park in the back and of where I live and it's secluded and someone still went in my car one time. And I, I know when they do. And I have a plug-in camera in my window, a, a plug-in ring camera in my back window. So I, I know, you know, but I just let the Lord handle it, handle it. 
But those of you who are concerned, any place, any park, anywhere, Best Buy camera, attach it to your, he'll do it. He'll, they, he'll install it for you in Vestal. The uh, Vestal Best Buy. He'll yeah, my question you. is, why are people breaking into cars over at the park? If there's if there's nothing to see in a car, why would why would somebody do a smash and grab? If there are no valuables in sight, what, what kind of sicko would break into a car when there's nothing to steal? I'll tell you why. The same reason I told my KK, my, my Catherine, whom you've met. And uh, that's just my, my oven's going, so the thing's going. Oh, okay. Through. I was going to say, oh. if in case of fire, leave the premises, but no, it's just no. the oven. Okay. It's, it's not a fire. Let me just, all I have to do is hit it one time. But listen, let me tell you what I told Catherine. She had a bunch of quarters in her. Uh... Hey, why don't you take care of that alarm? Oh, That'll, yeah, yeah, you better take care of the alarm or else the fire department's going to stop over and take care of it for you. Yeah, we, we can't uh, we can't risk life or limb just because we're talking on the radio. There's some things that are more important. It's 956 WNBF Live. I'm Bob Joseph on a Friday morning. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Partly sunny today, windy, high near 32. Mostly cloudy for tonight. Chance of snow showers, low around 23. Mostly cloudy for Saturday. Chance of snow showers, high near 31. On Sunday, it will be mostly cloudy with a chance of rain and snow showers and a high near 37. A verdict is expected today in Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial, adding to a monumental week on the former president's legal calendar. Trump could be on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars in penalties and other sanctions for allegedly inflating his wealth on financial statements that were given to banks, insurers, and others to make deals and secure loans. The case brought by New York Attorney General James cuts to the heart of Trump's image as a savvy billionaire businessman and threatens to upend the real estate empire that vaulted him to fame and the White House. Trump has denied wrongdoing, and his lawyers have said they'll appeal if Judge Arthur Engeron rules against him. On February 11th, Port Dickinson police and Broome County Sheriff's deputies responded to the area of Shenango Street and Beacon Street in the village of Port Dickinson for a report of gunfire and possible domestic dispute. Upon arrival of law enforcement, a female victim was located near the scene with minor injuries stemming from a dispute with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was located shortly afterward, a few blocks away. Law enforcement members at the scene located several handgun shell casings in the area of the dispute between the parties. Both sustained minor injuries, and the female was transported to a nearby hospital for treatment and subsequently released. Neither, neither party was cooperative with the investigation, and the handgun used to fire the shots was not located. Shenango Street was closed for a few hours while detectives from the sheriff's office processed the scene and canvassed the area for property damage and witnesses. No person sustained injuries from the firearm being discharged and no charges have been filed at this time. 
New York State's Bipartisan Redistricting Com Commission has approved a new congressional map that makes modest changes to three competitive districts but doesn't substantially alter the rest of the state's lines. The map proposal was approved yesterday. It now moves to the Democrat-dominated legislature, which can approve the plan or reject it and draw its own lines. It's unclear exactly when lawmakers would meet to vote on the commission's map. New York's congressional redistricting process have been, has been closely watched this year because suburban races in the state could have outsized influence on which party controls the House after the November elections. According to the Delaware County District Attorney, Brandon Hendricks of Sydney was convicted of two Class B felonies on February 13th. One indictment was the result of an investigation conducted by the Sydney Village Police, wherein the defendant was alleged to have sold fentanyl to an undercover police informant. The second indictment was the result of an investigation conducted by the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, which accumulated with the execution of a search warrant at the defendant's residence. Sheriff's investigators recovered several controlled substances during the execution of that search warrant. Hendricks pleaded guilty to one count of criminal sale of a controlled substance in the third degree and to criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree. Hendricks will be sentenced to five and a half years in state prison to be followed by two years of post-release supervision for his conviction of criminal sale of a controlled substance. He will receive a second sentence of five and a half years in state prison to be followed by two years of post-release supervision for his conviction of criminal possession of a controlled substance with the intent to sell. These sentences will run concurrently. The three-acre Endicott site where the Felix Roma and Sons Bakery had operated for several decades has a new owner. Eugene Roma, the owner of the business, last spring announced the bakery would close at the end of May. The company employed about 25 people at the time. Roma has told WNBF News that the move to shut down the family business was very emotional, but he did not say why it was closing. The property on South Page Avenue has been sold for just over $1 million to National Pipe and Plastics. The industrial firm moved its headquarters from Vestal to West Endicott in 2021. A National Pipe and Plastics office building is located just north of the Felix Roma property. The company operates a factory which makes polyvinyl chloride pipes to the west of its headquarters complex. National Pipe and Plastics President Matt Siegel was not available Thursday to discuss the company's plans for the property that had been owned by Felix Roma for the past 55 years. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 
and Bobby Feller, the Scooter, the Barber and the Nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey and the Duke. Welcome to now. I'm Bob Joseph, and we're talking baseball because baseball is almost here. We're joined in the studio by David Sabatka, the owner of the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Good to be back. I note with uh, enthusiasm on the Rumble Ponies website, I believe we're 49 days. It is 49 days and counting, seven weeks. Uh, So Friday, April 5th, 6.35 p.m., the Binghamton Rumble Ponies take on the New Hampshire Fisher Cats to open the season. So uh, hard to imagine baseball when the weather is like it is outside, but uh, I have it on good authority that as we get closer to April, it gets warmer. And actually, we've we've seen how nice it can be in early or mid-April in Binghamton. We've, we've been fortunate to see some extremely nice weather when people came out for the first Rumble Ponies game of the season. Our first two opening days were 65 and 70 degrees. So uh, we put in an order for that again. Uh, we'll see, uh, see how delivery is. Well, as long as there's no blizzard condition, as long as the game is held, I know where I'm going to be at about 6 p.m., on Friday, April 5th, and also scheduled fireworks. I love fireworks at the ballpark. Well, we like to open the season with a bang, and I believe we've got uh, 14 uh, fireworks events uh, lined up this year. Uh, Every Friday, starting uh, in the middle of May, and then on holidays as well, and a couple of special occasions. So, if you love fireworks, we are certainly the place to be. So tell me uh, what things have been like during well, the, the first few years of your ownership of the Rumble Ponies. When did you officially, when was it officially announced that you had acquired the Binghamton AA Baseball Club? It was right before Thanksgiving in 2021, Bob. So this is uh, our third season that we're starting Uh, The experience has been everything from exhilarating to humbling. Uh, So we are very appreciative of our fans and our sponsors and the community and how it has been supported and how Karen, my wife and co-owner, how we have been embraced uh, by the community here. Uh, Humbling in that you try a lot of things to try to make the... Uh, ballpark, a more welcoming and entertaining place. A lot of them have worked. A few of them haven't. But I'm very grateful that our fans, like your listeners, don't seem to be afraid to share their feedback. And the thing is, and I experience feedback as well on a regular basis on and off air, I I try to keep the feedback in proper perspective, even if it's, shall we say, Uh, potentially harsh at first blush. I understand when it comes to feedback, if they're talking about a radio program or a baseball, minor league baseball stadium, 
at least they care. The most important thing is they care to express an opinion. You may not necessarily agree with the opinion, but they care enough to at least weigh in. And I think that's critical. I think if people don't care about a baseball team or a radio program, you'll know that because you'll hear no feedback, good or bad. Correct. We want we want sounds, and that's why I'm grateful for for the feedback. And of course, we don't look at every individual comment by itself. We look for themes in the feedback about things that we can improve, or things that people like that they want us to do more of. And to that you know point, uh, really, ever since we got here, we've spoken to a lot of people who miss the Binghamton Mets and uh, rue the day that the Rumble Ponies came into existence. And I can appreciate that, even though it's now the Rumble Ponies and it will remain the Rumble Ponies. But this year, we decided to play a few games as the Binghamton Mets, and we're bringing back those kind of vintage uniforms, uh, and we will have uh, our Father's Day game, uh, we will be playing as the B-Mets. We'll also be featuring a very, uh, uh, you know, a bobblehead that's very on point for that day. It features uh, two Acunas who played here. Of course, Ronald Acuna is the star right fielder of the Atlanta Braves, most valuable player. Uh, but uh, Luis Angel... Uh, Acuna, his brother, played here last fall and uh, or last summer. We expect him to start with us again this spring. His father, Ronald Sr., also played here. So we're doing a first-time bobblehead for Father's Day featuring both Ronald Sr. and Luis Angel together. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the Binghamton Mets logo back on the field. I, I fully appreciated... Uh, the the na- renaming competition, and it certainly did succeed in getting Binghamton um, some media attention across the country, maybe even around the world, because uh, I remember opening up the New York Times one morning and seeing a big spread about the, the name options. I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I think John Hughes, who owned the B-Mets at the time, I think that's one of the things he was hoping to accomplish, and in that sense, mission accomplished. And a lot of teams, of course, not just in the Eastern League, but around the country. A lot of minor league teams have um, managed to go uh, to incredible success with their unusual names. And it's not just fascinating to people who follow the team, but some people who just are interested in in buying shirts or caps or other merchandise with with the uh, a team logo on, it's distinctive, and you're right. It earns us national media attention, but we've also seen a trend over the last couple of years where little league teams from around the country are starting to take on the Rumble Pony name. So we're spreading the word about Binghamton and the Rumble Ponies across the country, and. Hopefully, we'll be sweeping across the country uh, with our name and our merchandise uh, in the near future. Speaking with David Sabatka, the owner of the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, on this Friday morning, seven weeks till opening day. Glad the uh, season is going to open at home for the Rumble Ponies this year. 
Yeah, it's a it's a change. It's going to be a short series, three uh, three games, and then we hit the road. But uh, it's good to be the opening act, and uh, it's against a good opponent, the Toronto Blue Jays Double uh, A team, which is always seems to be loaded with talent. Has brought names like Vlad Guerrero and uh, Dante Bichette through Binghamton in the past. What's going on at the stadium? People driving past Morabito Stadium on Henry Street have probably noticed uh, a fair amount of construction activity. Yes, it's been it's been busy and it's really accelerated over the last few weeks. So we had a couple of very large projects uh, over the winter. Uh, the biggest was really addressing some drainage problems that we have in the stadium and. Uh, on the field uh, and so we've been uh, digging up holes and putting in uh, temporary water storage tanks that will allow us to capture water that would otherwise stay on the field uh, and in the environment of the dugouts uh, and wait until the city storm sewer, sewer system has enough takeaway capacity that we can put it back in. Uh, we've had to cancel games because it rained two hours before uh, game time. And from a professional baseball uh, standpoint, that's just not really acceptable. Uh, so the fans will sort of barely notice that. Uh, what they will notice is that we'll have new scoreboards in right and left field. Uh, the scoreboards were replaced, I believe, after the 2017 season. Uh, and the vendor turned out not to have a lot of expertise in outdoor scoreboards. So we've had uh, just a really unbelievable number of problems with it, with panels going out, and we even had a game last year where the scoreboard didn't function at all, which, again, from a baseball point of view, for the fans and the players and the coaches' staff, doesn't work. So we've got a Dactronics uh, scoreboard coming in, uh, it is the latest generation. I think people are going to be blown away by the graphics that we can uh, put together uh, for their entertainment. What other changes are in the works, either things that fans might notice or maybe fans will not notice but might be interested in? Well, of course, we're always trying to change up the food offering. So just a couple of things that we're doing. One is we're introducing a walking taco uh, to the ballpark. Not all of you may be familiar with a walking taco, but basically we are doing this in conjunction with a new sponsor at the stadium, Frito-Lay. You lengthwise open a bag of Fritos, so not from the top, but lengthwise. And then on top of the Fritos, you put your toppings, your meat, your cheese, your guac, and then you can walk around and enjoy a taco-like snack uh, or meal. Uh, so that, that will be done out of a cart on our first base concourse. And then we're bringing back soft serve ice cream, again, listening to our fans. Uh, they have been bemoaning the fact that there's no soft serve in the stadium. We are creating a new ice cream shack uh, that's going to be right where you walk in from the parking lot. And we'll be serving soft serve to quench those desires on a hot day. I know some people will be very happy about that. Uh, that's good. Maybe I'm looking at one right now. I'll be happy about <laughs> it, too. And I, I, I admit... 
uh, for whatever reason, I, I never never really got into Dippin' Dots for some reason. I don't know. Maybe maybe because I I always was too curious about about the technology behind the production of Dippin' Dots. I mean, it's just it's fascinating the way they're made, but I, I, I don't think I ever got comfortable eating them. Yeah, well, they're they're very popular, and we will continue <laughs> to sell them throughout the stadium. Um, I think I know, big, the kids big, seem to love them. Love Dippin' Tots. It's uh, yeah, uh, you know, you don't have to understand it to appreciate it. That's right. I, I love radio, but I'm not really sure how how we get the signal from here in the Binghamton Now building out at ninety two point one FM or twelve ninety AM or on the app. I have no idea how it works, but. Somehow it does it, and I'm glad. Uh, in terms of overall the facility, we talked about uh, the construction work that's being done, uh, including specifically to address drainage issues. Will there be anything as you look ahead for the next year or two after these projects are done that likely will be needed to uh, keep the city-owned stadium up to snuff? I think the one project that will need to be addressed is the turf field itself. Uh, They have a useful life of around seven years. Uh, This will be our eighth season with the current field. So uh, you don't think about it. Um, We spend a lot of time maintaining it. Uh, But no matter what you do, it's unfortunately not like our front lawns. Uh, It takes a lot of wear and tear. And it needs to be regraded and, and replanted. So that, that's one thing that we'll be focusing on with the city as we get into the next budget cycle. I see there was uh, a job fair held a few days ago. So you were already working to, to hire people to uh, be ready for the new season. Yeah, and it was a fantastic turnout. Uh, we advertised that we were going to open at 10 and at 9:40 we had a line outside of our gate of people waiting to get in uh, these are jobs that are great for people who are looking for a few extra hours uh, high school kids college kids we're hiring for our concession stands we're hiring for our groundskeeping our box office our marketing and promotions team uh, so if you've got any kind of talent or if you just want to come out and work in a great and fun environment at the ballpark for a few hours, a lot of evenings, some weekends, uh, we will be having another job fair in March. Come back, see us, let us know what you're interested in. Have you selected the people who will be portraying the mascots yet? Uh, Top secret information. cannot be shared uh, only in a skiff uh, we have uh, we have our mascots uh, they are returning um, they are really one of our greatest assets Ruby and Rowdy uh, who just delivered by the way uh, 22 Valentine's Rowdy Grams and Ruby Grams across the Binghamton area across Broome County uh, it huge success. There's some pictures on our website and on social media of people receiving them. Uh, remember that for next year. It's a great gift. That's great. And they're fun. It's, they, they enhance, they enhance the, the game experience. You're going to be bringing any, any canine companions to games this season? We have two Bark in the Park days. One of them 
is uh, really a momentous day. We're going to be playing as the Grumble Pugs. Uh, we are a little partial towards pugs because we have one named Marvin, who if you've been to a game, you've probably seen Marvin. Uh, but a group of pugs is called a grumble, so we're playing as the grumble pugs. That will be a bark in the park day. And we're hoping, calling all pug owners, we'd love to have a pug meetup on August 17th. That's an uh, evening game on, uh, on August 17th. That'll be fun. Well, a listener writes via Twitter, and you won't be surprised to hear this. How much will tickets be? Are the ticket prices going up this season? Uh, a gentle rise in in ticket prices, um, uh, averaging about fifty cents. Uh, just you know, as labor goes up, uh, our costs go up, and so we do our best to keep things down. Uh, what we are uh, showing people, or trying to show people, that. You know, that ticket amount is not all for us to keep. That includes tax. So, uh, you know, we're trying to be a little more explicit about what the state gets and what we get. And I assume, but I'll ask you directly, because of the cost of everything going up as far as food prices and, and indeed, um, generally wages, I would assume that the cost of some of the uh, food at the food and drink at concessions would be going up as well? Some items. I mean, we're really trying to hold the line as we have been trying to do uh, since we bought the team. Uh, you know, we, our, our mission is really to provide affordable family entertainment. And so we try to do that to the best extent that we can, remembering that it's a stadium venue and these things are expensive to operate. What are your thoughts about security? Unfortunately, a week ago today, and this had nothing to do, of course, with the stadium, but the location uh, was was sad to note. Just outside Morabito Stadium, between the stadium and the post office, there was uh, a fatal shooting at just before 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Uh, I know some people who are concerned about coming to downtown Binghamton in the aftermath of that shooting. And I'm sure that uh, potentially some people who would be going to baseball games this season might be concerned about the security for themselves and for their kids. Yeah, this uh, obviously a very sad event. Um, random as to where it took place. Um, I think these two cars were racing throughout Binghamton and that just happened to be the, the point of contact. Uh, we will work with the city. We always have a police presence in the stadium and around the stadium. Uh, and we will work with the city, making sure that the public uh, sees that presence so that they feel like it's a safe place. Uh, of course, you can always park in our parking lot and not have to, you know, traverse, um, you know, any, uh, any of the streets or sidewalks. But we, we don't believe that it it's any more dangerous an area than it was a week and a half ago. Uh, but we will have a, a you know, a conversation with the city about stepping up the presence of law enforcement. And sadly, given the, the tragedy that happened this week in Kansas City, some people are just wondering about going out to events, outdoor events, anytime there's a crowd. And, and, and clearly, you can't control what happens at, at any given place or at any given time. Uh, in Kansas City, police had lo 
there were hundreds and hundreds of law enforcement personnel on hand for what was supposed to be a, a day of celebration. Will there be any visible changes, as far as you know, with security within the stadium this season? Uh, we do not have any plans uh, to introduce any anything like a metal detector or... Uh, and, and frankly, um, the stadium, uh, if somebody wanted to, like most venues, if somebody wants to sneak something in, uh, they will figure out a, a way. Uh, I think it's our eyes and ears and also having protocols to be prepared for when things happen. Anything from a lost child uh, to a drone uh, to, as you say, um, you know, active shooter, which uh, God forbid uh, that we've got a put that one into uh, into effect. And WNBF is certainly pleased to continue to be the radio, the radio home for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. I'm glad that that partnership is continuing, especially for people who love to follow the team on the road. WNBF is our flagship station. So uh, Jacob Wilkins and Matt Levine will return as our broadcasters and we'll keep you apprised of everything Rumble Pony right here at 1290. David Sabatka, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, can I just one quick plug? Tomorrow, Phelps Mansion Baseball Booster Club is putting on an event from 1 to 4 p.m. There will be a reading by professional actors of a play about Lou Gehrig uh, the mayor will speak about the stadium district plan, uh, and I'll give an update on what's been going on in the stadium over the winter and what fans can expect uh, in the spring in a little more detail than we've been able to get into it today. But thank you for the time, Bob. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you at the ballpark. I'm looking forward to it. And again, for people who weren't paying attention for the event tomorrow, what exactly what time is it and the location so people can... Uh can attend? It's at the Phelps Mansion and it's 1 to 4 p.m. Uh, being put on by the Baseball Booster Club of Binghamton. And I'm sure that'll be um, a lot of fun. You also touched on actually the stadium district too and we didn't get to that and but I know from talking with Mayor Cram and before that when uh, Richard David was mayor there is a lot of hope for uh, additional redevelopment, not just a new apartment complex across from the stadium, but some other um, redevelopment and improvements in the uh, the blocks around Morabito Stadium. And, and looking forward, it, it sounds exciting. One thing, because I was here when there was the discussion and debate that surrounded the construction of the stadium more than three decades ago, at times, the supporters of a stadium in downtown Binghamton said it would be basically a game changer and you'll see tremendous redevelopment and uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of additional uh, things that would benefit the, that neighborhood around the stadium. And sadly, that didn't materialize. But now with the stadium district concept in place, and with some people, some investors, developers who actually do have plans to make real improvements and with additional housing and potentially some additional businesses, it seems that perhaps the next few years we'll see the uh, neighborhood surrounding the stadium begin to really change. 
let's hope so. Uh, we see these development plans in a lot of other minor league cities where uh, you know resources are being put in to create or recreate uh, you know more of a neighborhood feel uh, area that you can walk around in, uh, whether it's on a game day or or not. Uh, and so it would be uh, a real step forward, I think with that adjacency to, uh, to downtown Binghamton to create that kind of feel. And of course, those houses across from the post office are now belong to the city too. So we're, we're hoping to see some redevelopment there uh, because that's, that's been a bit of, uh, bit of an eyesore for a while. Yeah. yeah, people just got used to it. And, you know, unfortunately, Sometimes, sometimes it's it's just the optics look bad, and um, yeah, things can be done. And I know there there is a lot of discussion about the future. David Sabatka, owner of the Rumble Ponies, thank you. Go Rumble Ponies. Go Ponies. And I'll see you at the stadium in forty nine days. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Friday and the Binghamton Now program continues. More calls coming up at 607-772-1290. You are always welcome to call the program and you can talk about the local issues that you feel are of the greatest concern. You can talk about other issues too. That's what we're here for. That's why we do it. Every weekday morning from 9 to noon, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Hazardous weather? Could there be hazardous weather in the Binghamton area? Well, maybe not really hazardous, but here's a bit of guidance looking ahead to late tonight through tomorrow morning. 
According to the National Weather Service, there will be a period of light snow that will be capable of up to one to three inches of accumulation, and that could create snow-covered and slippery roads. So again, late tonight into tomorrow morning, possibility of a bit of snow. It could cause some slippery conditions. Here's the forecast. Mostly cloudy today, high 34. Cloudy tonight. Snow showers likely. Snow accumulation probably less than an inch in Binghamton, high 20 or low 23. Tomorrow, cloudy. Some snow showers in the morning, high 31. And then the outlook for Sunday, mostly cloudy with a chance of rain and snow showers. The high Sunday, 37. Right now, it's 32 in downtown Binghamton, zero Celsius. WNBF. Uh, the air quality? Oh. It matches the temperature, 32. AQI, 32. And the temperature, 32 Fahrenheit. 1041 WNBF, back to the phones we go. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Okay, thanks, Bob. It's DJ again, continuing where I left off. You you asked me a question about why would anybody do that at Ethnical Park or any, anywhere. Smash and grabs, you know. And I was saying, like I told Catherine, she had a bunch of quarters in her middle console years ago. And I said, you know that a, a I use this term, it's kind of a harsh, a, a crackhead, let's just say an addict. Do you know that an addict will break your window, I, I told her, to get those coins? And she didn't know that. A lot of people keep things in the, in the middle console, quarters and things like that. They will break your window. So the answer to your question is, who would do that? Addicts. They drive around out to Nigel Park. They see no security because it's winter. The dog walkers, they zip right by you and they're gone before you know it. You get out of the car, you take your asp, because police aren't the only one who has asp, or Billy Club or whatever. I have a Binghamton Mets little souvenir club in my front seat, not for doing anything with it, but, you know, just it's there. And they smack your window, and boom, they got your everything. And that happens. They'll also come to your house. This happened to me in Peoria when I was a pastor of my second church in Peoria. This guy was going around checking doorknobs. He checked our doorknob. It was 3 in the morning. I left it the only night, Bob, that I left my door unlocked. And he came in looking for a purse on the table. They look on their kitchen table. They see a purse. They grab it. But my dog was barking and scared him. So these things happen, and they happen from <clears throat> substance abusers who are desperate. And they'll, <clears throat> they'll break your window. Even in, in the garages, downtown garages, man, they're down there doing graffiti. They're looking in cars. And, and they'll do a smash and grab. So that's, I wanted to answer your question. I told you I got my fire alarm in in, uh, in check there. Oh, did you take care yeah. of that? So just to uh, stress to the duty chief and, and all the, uh, the people at Binghamton Fire Stations, there was actually no yeah. active fire. Where my brother-in-law, Jim, worked, the Binghamton Fire Station, uh, two doors down from Jerry's Barbershop, where Popeye's Chicken is, the A&P. You know A&P stands for Atlantic Pacific? My dad's barbershop was there. Dixon's Rexall Drugstore. Popeye's Chicken is there now. My brother-in-law was a fireman at the Binghamton station. And, uh, yeah, to let the fire chief know, I, your favorite listener, DJ, has it all under control, Mr. Fire Chief. We don't have to worry about a thing. All right. All units can uh, go back in service. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate it. We're here um, dispatching the rigs and taking calls at 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph, the multitasking journalists and dispatcher 92.1 fm 1290 am 
It's streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF Live, 1047 with Bob Joseph on your Friday morning. Coming up this afternoon from 3 to 6, Sean Hannity. The one and only Sean Hannity is heard on radio. WNBF Radio this afternoon, every weekday afternoon from 3 to 6. And News Radio WNBF. And thank you, Michelle, for sending the flyer about the special event that'll take place in downtown Binghamton tomorrow. David Sabatka discussed this at the end of our conversation. Baseball at the Phelps Mansion. The lineup, first, a dramatic reading of the one-act play My Luke, the Iron Horse, performed by Southern Tier Actors Reed, with an introduction by Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram. That'll be followed by a stadium district update, what will be happening in downtown Binghamton in the years ahead. Then, the girl who struck out Babe, Ruth, and Lou Gehrig, or did she? And that will be followed by the latest from Rumbletown. David Sabatka will uh, be able to elaborate on a few things. So that big event, sponsored by the Binghamton Baseball Booster Club, is uh, scheduled for 1 to 4 tomorrow afternoon. The doors open at noon there will be a baseball-themed silent auction, Rumble Ponies mascot appearances, and ballpark-themed lunch included at the Phelps Mansion, 191 Court Street in Binghamton. Tickets can be purchased at phelpsmansion.org. Thanks, Michelle, for sending that. Listening to News Radio WNBF, I'm Bob Joseph. A voice of reason. A voice of reason. Someone who actually shows up on the radio and doesn't sound like he's steamed about everything. Maybe just about one thing a day. Sometimes I turn on some of the shows and people sound like they're so mad. And I think, that can't be good for your health. Well, I don't know, but I'm mad mad at everything. I'm more angry than Howard Beale ever dreamed of being. It's 10.50 WNBF, Friday morning. We're enjoying life on the radio. News Radio 1290 WNBF 10.52 WNBF live I'm Bob Joseph. Thank you, John, for sending uh, something from the Washington Times. Of course, I don't click on links, but I did a separate search, and 
found this item from the Washington Times that appeared last September. Headline is embattled Soros-linked district attorneys leaving office amid high crime and complaints. So here's the story by Valerie Richardson of the Washington Times. Note, that's the Washington Times, not the Washington Post. Democratic mega-donor George Soros has had great success in electing left-tilting district attorneys, but keeping them in office is proving more difficult. Valerie Richardson wrote last September in the Washington Times, more than a dozen prosecutors linked to Soros-funded campaign committees or organizations have left office after resigning, losing re-election, or being removed, according to the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund map. They included embattled St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, Hillsborough State Attorney Andrew Warren, Baltimore City State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby, Zach Smith, a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, said, You are seeing these left-leaning prosecutors, these rogue prosecutors in many jurisdictions either resigning in lieu of being forced out or the voters themselves forcing these individuals out of office. He wrote, That's what happened in Baltimore. That's what happens in San Francisco. He wrote a story or a column an opinion piece called Rogue Prosecutors, How Radical Soros Lawyers Are Destroying America's Communities. So, there's the story from last September in the Washington Times. Let me click on the map, see if we have any Soros-linked prosecutors here. Soros-linked prosecutors. Hmm. I can't tell where that one dot is. It's close to here. Maybe it's Ithaca. So, anyway. So, watch out if you're a Soros-linked progressive prosecutor. I I guess the message from the Washington Times and from this a law enforcement legal defense fund. You better watch out. Coming up next hour, more calls. We'll be looking forward to talk about the topics that you love to discuss. It could be anything, radio or radishes. What's on your mind? Give us a call next hour on the Friday edition of Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Partly sunny and windy today, high near 32. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of snow showers with a low around 23. Mostly cloudy Saturday with a chance of snow showers, high near 31. Sunday will be a slight chance of rain and snow showers with a high near 37. The city of Binghamton could start cracking down on people who illegally operate dirt bikes and all-terrain vehicles on neighborhood streets. 
Mayor Jerry Cram on Thursday said he's proposing a law to impose fines up to $1,000 for those who drive off-road vehicles on Binghamton streets. In a news release, Cram said city residents have voiced their frustrations with the excessive noise and public safety concerns caused by the illegal use of such vehicles. The mayor said the legislation he plans to send to city council would increase the consequences for people who break the law. The proposal would allow police to impound illegally operated off-road vehicles. An owner could be charged a $2,000 redemption fee along with towing and storage charges to get a vehicle back. All-terrain vehicles, dirt bikes, dune buggies and go-karts are prohibited on city streets. Graham said the proposed law will be submitted for consideration at a city council work session on February 26th. February 13th, Binghamton Police Department received a 911 call reporting a man being held hostage inside of an apartment at 30 Edwards Street. Upon arrival, patrols, uh, the subject said the, they said the subject was reported to being held hostage, exited the building and reported the suspect was still inside, armed with a handgun. Patrols contained the building and started an effort to evacuate anyone inside. The Metro SWAT team was called to the scene to assist due to the male being inside the apartment with a handgun. While efforts were being made to evacuate the building, the suspect exited the rear of the apartment and was taken into custody without incident. As a result of the search, Warren investigators located a loaded Taurus brand 38 Special Revolver, two high-capacity handgun magazines, handgun ammunition, and items used for weighing and packaging and cutting narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Keno Downey was arrested for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, menacing in the second degree, criminal possession of a firearm, and criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. Downey was also wanted in the state of Pennsylvania for two extraditable warrants. In other news, theft from vehicles has become an issue recently at Hudson Ingle Park in Binghamton. According to the Broome County Sheriff's Office and Broome County Security, a series of what they describe as smash and grab has been occurring at the Broome County Park. As many as eight break-ins have occurred during daylight hours between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. from vehicles owned by Hudson Ingle Park visitors over several recent weeks. Vehicles have been reported with smashed windows and personal items taken, including wallets and purses, along with other valuable items that are visible to a thief. Brim County Sheriff's Office notes that detectives are investigating larcenies where valuables were stolen at the park and thieves utilizing ID, along with other items found, to withdraw thousands of dollars from the victims' bank accounts. While Broome County security patrols outside Ingle Park regularly during the off-season months, due to the increase in thefts, their presence will be increasing. According to the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, a woman is facing a criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third-degree charge following a disabled vehicle investigation. On February 20th, 2023, deputies observed a vehicle with its hazard lights flashing in Route 17 in the town of Hancock. During the course of the investigation, drugs and drug paraphernalia were recovered. On August 10th of 2023, a sealed indictment warrant was issued for Jennifer Williams for criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree intent to sell. 
On February 7th of this year, Fallsburg Police Department located Williams and took her into custody. Delaware County Sheriff deputies were contacted about her being apprehended and transported her back to the Delaware County where she was held in the Delaware County Correctional Facility without bail. And New York State lawyers said in closing arguments that a civil trial claiming a former National Rifle Association executive wildly misspent millions of dollars on private flights and other lavish perks at the group and its ex-CEO were caught with their hands in the cookie jar. Assistant Attorney General Monica Connell said Thursday the NRA was doing everything it could to deny and deflect the accusations of questionable spending. A lawyer for former NRA Chief Executive Wayne LaPierre dismissed the case as a witch hunt at the civil trial in Manhattan. And an NRA lawyer argued as the case was set to go to a jury that it could not be held accountable for its former CEO's actions. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, this is Binghamton Now on News Radio WNBF. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number. That is the hotline, and you are entitled to use it until noon, and then you can't use it until next Monday. So, if you want access to Binghamton now, it would be wise to call now because you wait. And people do it. People try this. They think they're being clever. And it's fine. You can be clever and try to take a chance. I think, oh, wait, I want to be the last caller of the week. You could take a chance. Maybe it'll work. However, over the years, many people have found that when they take a chance and try to be clever and be the last caller of the week it just doesn't work it's not as simple as you would think so I say call now and improve your calling experience morning WNBF you're on the air what's your first name where are you calling from yes Joe of Greater Ithaca would like to speak about the rogue lawyer yes he has been identified you nailed it if you said Ithaca Oh, Tompkins County. Fill me in. Yes. He hangs out at Rogues Harbor Inn. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You know, uh, many, 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 many years ago, there was a Rogues Harbor Inn in Endwell that I like. But 
You know, they shut it down. I think they thought it was probably um, a place where rogue attorneys and DAs would hang out. Mm. So they so they do have they do have one probably where that's probably where all of the Soros linked DAs hang out. Well, that's like the uh, there's all kinds of derogatory terms, you know, from the conservatives. You know, just the thing with the word liberal, they somehow try to make that a, a bad thing, you know, in itself. You know, and some of the other things, the, uh, it used to be like, well, it's politically correct, you know. And now it's, it's really woke. Bad. Everything is woke. Yeah. Oh, woke, oh, your, your, uh, your company is a woke company or your baseball team is a woke team or whatever. And it's like, wow. Every time, every time they seem to roll out a new phrase and it gets hot for a, a few months and then it sort of fades into the background for the next, the next shocking and uh, intentionally derogatory descriptive. Yeah, to get back at them, we keep playing the old song, Wake Up a Little Susie. You know, they get them mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, every, it, what, what, uh, occurs to me is so many people these days are are highly sensitive i don't i don't know when i was a kid and actually for up until we'll say uh several years ago i don't recall people being quite this sensitive but now now people are so easily easily annoyed and then they start to play the victim card and and it's interesting to see some of the people who are portraying themselves as victims, if you take a close look, they're actually some of the luckiest people on the planet. Well, when I hear this woke type of thing, it, first of all, no one, no one even knows what it means. The best I could find is there was the wide awakes, and they were uh, uh, abolitionists, came from, from that term. So being, so being woke or wide awake with that is not a bad thing. And the... Uh, uh, it doesn't to me. You're just playing. You're like a child when you make up names like that to do. You know, I can remember back. You, they call people a voke, and I don't even know what that doesn't even mean anything. And I don't know if it ever meant anything, but that that was a, 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 a some some kind of a term kids used for a while. But I never used to hear that from adults, and now you're hearing it from adults, particularly from the right side. Yeah, I don't know. There's some left ones too, but yeah. No, I, I mean it's not limited, not limited to necessarily to a single side. But hey, if it makes, I'll, I'll say this: if it makes someone happy, then I'm for it. If if you're happy using uh, catchphrases to describe people that you're opposed to, or maybe people who you don't understand, if that somehow serves as you know, something to uh, get you through your your busy day, I say, go ahead. Let me mention something here. You announced the time, and you had me drive, drive me nuts for a while because of the delay. You know, you tell me what time it is, I look, and I say, geez, I thought I said that thing correctly. You know, it's, what is it, a two-minute delay? Well, it varies. So are you listening on the WNBF app, or are you listening at WNBF.com? Well, it's, uh, I guess, .com. I just, uh, I just fire it up on a laptop. All right, from the, from well, our website, just from the website. Yeah, from you the know, website, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is with with the streaming that's on the website or if you listen on the app, there always is going to be something of a delay, a buffering delay. Uh, some of it 
happens at our end because we don't have the highest, highest speed internet on the planet. It's it's high speed, but not, not as high as maybe I would like. And then it also depends on your local internet or and sometimes if you're listening on a phone with the um, with the speed capabilities of of your phone and 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 say the towers in your area so there will be a delay sometimes it's relatively short sometimes it's about a 30 second delay sometimes it can be a minute or more and it varies i mean it may vary um, at various times of day depending on the usage of say the internet in your area or maybe even the internet here in downtown Binghamton so that the internet is is mysterious I don't know why Al Gore when he invented the internet didn't make it simpler and find a way to uh, transmit everything without a delay but at least for now that's that's what we're working with so now I'll give you a time check it's exactly 1117. Boop. Well, I got is, eleven. Well, yeah. It, on the well, let's see. So as we speak, as we speak live, you can look at your phone or clocks in your house, and you'll say it's eleven seventeen. But Correct. say if you're listening on on the website or on the WNBF app, people are going to wind up hearing hearing us probably thirty five or forty five seconds later. Right after I hang up, I can still, you know, yeah. then I hear well, it on, that's, online. That's also the beauty. So people who have made a profound statement during their call, then as they wrap up the call, they'll be able to hear their their statement, at least the closing statement, as they, they listen on their uh, device, on their phone or their laptop or desktop, whatever, however they're listening. Well, you do need a delay on your end. You know, you need that... In case someone has a a, a verbal uh, malfunction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do operate with um, a slight delay, just so I can do some judicious editing if it becomes necessary. Oh, I appreciate the uh, being able to recorded recorded versions, be able to go back or earlier in the day and so on. Oh, I do you ever listen it. on the, the website to um... all the time? Okay. Yeah, more people are listening to it. Uh, and I will say this, usually, usually a program winds up on, on our website in less than an hour. It varies, though. There, you know, right. some, Sometimes yeah. there's a delay. Uh, sometimes they don't make it until the following day. Usually, though, uh, within about an hour of the broadcast, you can start listening. So if you missed a, a, a Binghamton Now program, say you hear a caller talking about something that came up earlier on the program, uh, you'll be able to catch it at WNBF.com in the Listen Live section. Well, I could sleep in. <laughs> yeah, well, and sometimes sometimes what I do, if for some reason I have insomnia, then I'll, I'll um, punch up the uh, Binghamton Now program from a couple weeks ago on the uh, Listen uh, on the on-demand section of our website, I said listen live, on the de- on-demand section. So I'll, I'll listen to a show that I recall was kind of boring, which obviously there aren't. Yeah, exactly. I'll set that up and go. just have it at a low level. And before you know it, my insomnia has been cured. So it can be used. 
it can be used as sort of um, non-pharma, uh, non-pharmaceutical uh, way of uh, lulling yourself to sleep. Although that's not oh, what yeah. we recommend, but, but it's been known oh. to work. You know, we can use it for, you know, there's things where people do things wrong. And, and uh, they used to hold some of them in, in jail with bail, that they couldn't make bail. Well, now we could have a place where we could confine them and, and we could uh, play the old the old recordings over and over, and like a torture kind of thing. <laughs> you know, so that, that yeah, but, do it. but that's been outlawed by uh, a, a noted Supreme Court ruling because that's cruel and unusual punishment. It's not, not legal in the U.S., Woody Allen movie, <laughs> yes, where it were the sleeper. Yep, where uh, they, they said, "Now what is this? We can't. The best we can figure, it's some sort of torture." And it's a sale, uh, an insurance salesman talking to a guy. And he says, "Yeah, that's exactly what it is." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's that, that was funny. Anyway, appreciate your call and uh, thank you for uh, the report from Greater Ithaca. Try to keep it fun today. Bye. Thank you. It's 1121 WNBF with more calls more often. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. My name is Jason. I'm calling from Endicott. Morning. Morning. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Um, well, the reason for my call this morning and get off the politics subject here. Um, I wanted to know, what are they ever going to plan to do with the old Vestal nursing home there in Vestal? I mean, it's such an eyesore. You see the windows broken out of it. And, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of young hoodlums that came over there and busted all the windows out. And, you know, as far as, you know, posing hazards around there with all that broken glass, uh, people walk around there and... Even for wildlife, it's just something, uh, is there like a further development that they're going to do with that place or? Well, the answer is yes, there has been a plan to turn that nursing home into senior housing. And the plan certainly was on hold over the last couple of years. The, one of the realities is you, you've heard of Isaac Anzarut. Yes, I have. Well, there you go. Um, Isaac Anzarut um, at one point was the owner of that property. Now, I don't know. The last couple of times that I called Isaac Anzarut, he... Uh, he didn't get back to me. He he usually did, believe it or not. He had a good good record of returning my calls. Um, last few months, though, I haven't haven't been able to connect with him. I need to find out directly from him because I don't know at this stage if he is still involved. It, it appears from the property records. Isaac Anzarut, through an LLC, is still the owner of that property. So it was acquired. See, the old nursing home was acquired in February 2012. So that was 12 years ago for $116,000 because the nursing home had been damaged by flooding. The flooding 
that happened yeah, in September. I do remember that. Yeah, September 2011. So basically, since the flood of September 2011, the place has been idle. So that's well over 12 years. Uh, it appears, at least to the according to the online ownership information, that Isaac Anzarut, or as they say in the news business, an LLC linked to Isaac Anzarut is still the official owner. So the last okay. time I did a story about this, as far as I can tell, was October 2022. And that's when he told me he wants to move forward with his proposal to convert the former nursing home into a 128-apartment senior housing complex. And as I wrote in that story, people who live near the property have seen some renewed activity at the site. There was some activity of gutting. There were dumpsters and things were being hauled out of the uh, property. So Isaac Andrew told me back then that more work was being done to clean up the place. And he said his plan to develop an apartment complex remained stalled because a payment in lieu of taxes agreement had not yet been approved. So he wanted tax breaks. Um, a site plan for the so project. He, a site plan for the project was... Planning? Well, I don't know. See that's the thing. I didn't. I didn't know if he was still going to plan to use the old that old building, or if it's just you know. No, I think he was useless by now. Well, I don't think so. I think his intent was to use the old building, but I, I'm not positive. It says a site plan was approved by the zoning board in Vestal in 2018, so that okay. original project was approved more than five years ago. And okay. at the time he first proposed it, Anzarut said it would cost $20 million. Well, he said because of delays in getting the work underway, the project price tag had grown to maybe $30 million. Now, remember, that was October 2022, and the cost of everything, construction and materials, continues to rise. So... Let's face oh, it, it'll, yeah, it'll be an, a very expensive project. So what I will do, I'll make a note to myself. I mean, it's just a, because it's yeah. just turned out the big, uh, well, big eyesore. Well, it's and, terrible. And not only that, it, it is. And, you know, busted windows around there. Well, and, and you're right. And, and excuse me, because uh, to anybody who is a punk... Uh, because yeah. they're going to find this offensive, but some punks are making life miserable for people in the neighborhood. The people who live on Old Vestal Lane, just to yeah. the west of of the building, they're fed up. They're fed up, and I know it, it got so bad at one point uh, last October. There's some body, uh, the body of an Endicott man was found on the back of the property. Now, I don't know precisely what happened. I, I think he may have been hit by a vehicle while he was walking on Route 17 behind the old nursing home. But anyway, they, oh, you know, a, yeah, a body was found there and I don't think there was any real foul play, but the neighbors didn't, didn't like to see all the, the cops there and the crime tape around the place. You know, you get worried. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so. it's unfortunately these things happen. Uh, you know, it's just because, I mean, people, these owners, property owners need to do more. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's 
not very attractive to begin with, and you know all the hazard. It's oh yeah, it's posing and well, what all they, that. So what what they call those properties, whether it's the old nursing home or some of these other buildings, the old Masonic Temple, which also had been owned for years by Isaac Ansroot, no longer is though a Masonic Temple on Main Street in Binghamton. He no longer owns that property. But these properties that are just languishing there, they're called attractive nuisances, and nothing good happens when there's an abandoned building. No, no, that's true, yep. So I'll... uh, Thank you so much. Okay, thanks for the call. I'll uh, put in another call to Isaac Anzarut and see if he is willing to tell me what the status is on the old Vestal Nursing Center because you're not the only one who's concerned. Bob Joseph, I'm on your side. I'm always willing to ask a few questions to get the story. That's my mission. I've chosen to accept it. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. Joseph, WNBF Live and Local with Binghamton Now. Bob in Port Dickinson. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are things in Port Dickinson? Well, they're a typical blustery February day. Windy and broken clouds and otherwise fine winter day in upstate New York. Yep, and it'll be spring in about five weeks. You can cling to that idea. Yes, I can cling to what the calendar claims. We'll we'll see what actually transpires. What's on your mind? Well, I'm curious. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering about the leadership in Binghamton, how they decided all of a sudden to enhance or rewrite vehicle and traffic law in Binghamton. Well, it seems to me for the last couple of years they've failed to enforce those vehicle and traffic laws that have been on the books for a hundred years, or at least since the beginning of motorized machinery. Um, I know that now there's new proposed legislation uh, for confiscation and so on for these motorized vehicles uh, that aren't conforming to current vehicle and traffic law, but currently under existing law, they're, they're illegal. They're not registered. They're not inspected. They're not insured. Likely the operators aren't licensed properly. They don't have adequate brakes. They don't have adequate lights. They speed with impunity. I think it's, it really is dependent on what zip code it happens in or what area. If it happens in the first ward, it's highly tolerated. If it happens on Stratford Place, Crestmont Road or Riverside Drive, well, now that's a different story. So 
Yeah, well, it's always been that way in Binghamton, at least in my lifetime. Just in this dates back to at least as long ago as Juanita Crabb. Well, it was even before her, but a good illustration was when Juanita Crabb put up the, uh, the signs that said, don't even think of speeding on Riverside Drive. And they were up for a few days before there was such an outcry among Binghamton residents because of what was perceived to be a special treatment for the privileged few who have the money or and or the luck to live along Riverside Drive. It's like, well, what about people who are speeding on Charlotte Street? What are people or the people speeding on Liberty Street or Shenango Street? What about them? So well, it's true. It's true that there's a different standard for noise and nuisance and public safety uh, standards in one area of the of the city, and then there's a higher bar. For other areas, it's been, you're right, it's been that way for a long time. But the one thing that has been a constant is the vehicle and traffic laws. I mean, there's been those little bicycles with gas motors on them are highly illegal. They have been since they first came out. And yet you've never seen one. I haven't ever seen one stopped by the police anywhere. So, you know, they've been turning their head uh, and, and not using existing laws. I don't know why they're inviting the new legislation of new laws when these are already on the books and not enforced. Well, that's a good point. Next time I'm speaking with Mayor Cram, I will ask him. Because I... I weekend, yeah, huh? yeah, thank you. I, yeah, as I read the uh, news release that was put out Thursday and prepared to write a story from it, I was curious because these are not new laws... thousand dollars well what is the fine now ten dollars if i had time i would call up the police department to ask them how many tickets have been written over the last 12 months or the last five years for people who have been operating these vehicles Illegally, dirt bikes, ATVs, go-karts, whatever. I mean, I see them around, and it's true. As Bob pointed out, I see them quite a bit in the first ward. I personally haven't seen any operator of uh, one of these vehicles that shouldn't be out on a public street. I personally haven't seen anybody taken into custody. I know with the uh, news release that was issued on Thursday, there were a couple of pictures, evidently, of vehicles that the police seized, the illegal off-road vehicles, apparently uh, seized. But there are a lot of them out there. And as far as... As far as why it's in the spotlight right now, I'm not sure. As the mayor's news release pointed out, an 18-year-old man was badly injured last June while illegally operating a dirt bike on Vestal Avenue. Apparently, he was going the wrong way in the westbound lane. The bike struck an SUV, then the post office, the Southview station, then a mailbox in front of the building. The guy was very seriously injured. I don't recall that incident. Was that even reported? 
should have been. If the guy was critically injured, that should have been on the news. I don't remember hearing about it. But anyway, I do, regardless of whether the new legislation is acted on by city council, I do think it would be useful. First of all, it would be most useful if people would just stop breaking the law. That's my initial recommendation. And for those who are unable or unwilling to comply with the law, then I think action should be taken even before this law that could have a $1,000 fine. Or if your illegal vehicle is seized, that would cost you $2,000 to get it back. So we'll see what happens. It's 1138. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from Binghamton. I just wanted to call in and um, ask our listeners if they've seen the news with uh, this whole thing with his impeachment and found out this informant is being arrested, giving lies. 10,000 pages, Bob, of lies. Didn't they say that that he was a a really big liar? Wasn't they like, uh, that wasn't the exact phrase, but the... The um, the description RBL, really big liar, is something that came to mind when I heard this on Thursday. It, it sounds like the guy was was uh, a master of prevarication. Yeah, and, you know, and, and once again, you know, the Republicans, especially in the House, these mega, these are uh, the not ready for primetime players. That's the only thing I think. These guys are just horrible. You've got Mike Johnson in there who is horrible. We're not going to be rushed on this, but Mike, you have no control as Speaker of the House. You've got no control over there, and you know it. This is why it is so important once again. We've got to get these people out of there. We've got to go vote, get them out of here so this country can move on. Because this is getting old, Bob. This nonsense. I know they're probably ready to impeach Joe Biden's dog. Okay, that's how bad these guys are. They're just awful, 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 awful. All this wasted time. Now they find out they've been talking to this liar. And one of the questions are now, Bob, is when did um, Comer, when did he know that this guy was lying and kept this charade going? Oh, yeah. You know, what about Hannity? You know, everybody thinks oh, Hannity yeah. is, is so great. What about him? I mean, obviously, I can't criticize him because he has a program on WNBF. But I can still say, what about Sean Hannity? Because I'm looking at this analysis by Oliver Darcy at CNN. And the headline says, Sean Hannity and right-wing media claim the Biden crime family, in quotes, took millions in bribes and their narrative just fought, fell apart. Now, obviously, I can't say anything really negative about Hannity because he's on WNBF. But, you know, he uh, what if what if it turns out he knew what if it turns out that Sean Hannity knew that the informant was telling lies all the time? What then? Bob, that it wouldn't surprise me. But you know what? The people, you know, the people that listen to these guys. Okay, he was on there the other night with that guy, was a Silva, with uh, the Guardian Angels down there. And as he's talking, he goes, Oh, oh I saw that. Oh, and Curtis Sliwa. And I, look, look, I know 
that he has a big ego, and I, I can mm -hmm. only aspire to an ego that size. And I've never owned a Red Beret, and I would love one. But, uh, you know, his antics, not just the antics during mm -hmm. that live appearance on, on the Fox News show, but his antics over the years have, have been disturbing. You know, I, I mean, maybe maybe he thinks it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt, but you yes. can't you can't yep. go and lie. He said that the person that his I'll call them thugs, the the yeah. his his uh, supporters I'll call them thugs because their behavior was thuggish. They went after a, a guy who may may have been doing something wrong actually. And then on live TV, Slee was said the guy was I think a uh, a migrant. Migrant. Yeah. Yep. And it turned yeah. out to be not true. I think the guy actually lives in Brooklyn, and he's not a migrant. Yeah. Yep. Police came. They yeah. Asked, he said, no. He was saying he was a shoplifter. The guy goes, no. He, what he was doing is he was interrupting their their uh, their talk there. So yeah. They, you know, the disorderly conduct. Yeah. Just a total lie. But, again, it, that feeds into this vacuum of, of everybody that comes over is a criminal and blah, 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 and blah, blah. And, see, and these guys, but you see the thing I hate about about these guys have no skin in the game. They've oh no! Never had any skin well, I think I think they're just making a mockery of of our right to free speech. The problem with free speech is there should be a responsibility to use that right responsibly. Yes, we have freedom of speech, we have freedom of the press, but let's employ those freedoms responsibly and not be like some people who will broadcast or publish lies knowingly. Here's the end of the commentary that was posted on CNN.com by Oliver Darcy. It's a record that plays on repeat. By the time the truth can catch up to the bogus claims spreading in right-wing media, the narrative has already been set and the outlets have moved on to the next supposed scandal. And see, that's, that's the secret to their excess. Yep. They, you yeah. know, and they do it time and time again. Well, and and well, as, I, as somebody, some smart person once told me, they said, Bob, if you tell a lie often enough, eventually everyone, or at least those who are most easily duped, uh, they'll tend to believe it. You, you repeat it. You repeat it. Same with, uh, I'll, I'll say this. There used to be a thing that Fox News Channel did with a guy who ultimately went on to become president for only four years, which was more than sufficient, and he was lying about the birth certificate for Barack Hussein Obama. Yep. It, could, yep. it was easily disproven, and yet the Fox channel kept allowing this guy to come on to spread his lies. And some people, believe it or not, Vinny, even today, yep. some people don't think Barack Hussein Obama was born in the United States. Yeah. Well, hey, Bob, what can I tell you? Hey, you know, same. You hey, and that guy, who is fondly known to many as the former guy, he's trying to do the same thing with his uh, Republican opponent, Nikki Haley, raising questions. Totally inappropriate questions. Anyway, thanks for your call. It's 11.45. Sometimes you just wonder why... Why are people like that? I mean, sometimes, don't you wonder? This is Bob Joseph Live, WNBF.
1148 WNBF Live with Bob Joseph, Ron, and Owego. You're on the air. Ah. <laughs> what? What's that about? Sound like the cat ste- stepped on a phone line, or was was that a live wire? Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm John from Binghamton. Yeah, what's going on, John? 187 Clinton Street. Why don't you do about a, a whole day's worth of discussion on that next next week, okay? I know you don't have much time to us today, but um, why should uh, why should we succumb to a uh, a developer from uh, Long Island coming up to build, uh, what is it, 200 or whatever it is, apartments down there on a pilot program so that forty to $60,000 uh, income, uh, I won't even call them families, I'll just say uh, renters, uh, can uh, get away with murder while the taxpayers, the homeowners that have spent their whole lives in Binghamton paying taxes to the city of Binghamton continue to support them because that uh, becomes on a, comes on a pilot program. All right. I'm going to put that on my list of things to talk about next week. I appreciate the call and hope you have a great weekend. That's a good suggestion, that project. It's 11.50. This is Bob Joseph live. We're asking a few questions. We're trying to step, set the record straight. Because right now, in a crowded media universe, you need a voice of reason. And I am that voice. WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF Live with Bob Joseph on your Friday morning. Pete, formerly of Vestal. Good morning. You're on the air. Morning. How are you today? Doing good. Weekend is about ready to start. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But weekends don't matter. I'm unemployed, so weekends don't matter to me. (laughs) Well, good luck. You just sit. What I would do if I were you is sit out on the front porch and get yourself one of those 60-ounce beers and love life. And grumble at all the kids who are playing out there. Oh, wait, the kids don't play outside anymore. No, they're afraid yeah. to play outside. Yeah. They have to play inside on their phone. Yeah. So just to clarify, you call out called in saying about they're, they're rewriting the vehicle and traffic laws in the city of Binghamton. They're not rewriting the laws. They're enacting a local law because they can't change the vehicle and traffic laws of the state of New York. But they can enact a local law where they can then seize the vehicles and and enforce civil fines upon these people who commit these these offenses they're not crimes or offenses but they can enact civil fines against them which will be more enforceable because they can't make the courts do anything more than what the, the laws say right now they can't seize those vehicles they can't seize those mini bikes and stuff now if they enact this law they can and that's where it will start start stopping them from doing it because they don't want to lose their mini bikes you know and well, plus with that that one clause of uh, having to pay $2,000 plus the towing and storage fees. That's a lot of money for the average punk. Absolutely. So that'll that'll put a big damper on it. Syracuse and other cities have done it. 
Binghamton was a little slow and behind the ball in those. They really haven't had that much of an issue with it as much as the bigger cities have, but now they're doing it and they'll get it done. All right. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, we're out of time. Just real quick. Did, did the um, boom security ever tell you why they've taken three weeks to let the public know about these larcenies? No, I haven't heard why. But I'll, I'll see what I can find out. Hey, that's all the time we have for this week. It's been a fun week. I'll be back Monday morning at 9. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.